All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you again. It's a blessing for us to come together, and I, I want to say just very briefly, we take things like this for granted, our ability to come in safety. I don't know if you've seen the news this morning, but in Sri Lanka, uh, people who are believers in Christ have been attacked because of their faith. And last number I saw, 150 have been killed. Somewhere around 500 have been injured because some people have come in with bombs. And I know that we may not agree with them in how they serve the Lord, but they are at least people who are suffering because they have a faith that's similar to ours. And it makes me think about how blessed we are right now to be able to come to a place like this, and we really don't even think twice about our safety. So let's be mindful of those who are suffering at a time like this and be thankful that we have the opportunity to come together. And that places a heavy responsibility on us. Um, I'm not sure if we... Think about how fortunate we are, and we take advantage of this time after time. Sunday just rolls around, and it's just, oh, we've got to go worship God. And Sunday night and Wednesday night, and this is a big deal. And uh, so maybe we can slow down and just think about how important these days are. So we're going to talk about service over the next several days. Um, Josh, when he called me a couple of years ago, that was specifically what was asked for, lessons about service. We are killing ourselves, beloved. Because we've gotten ourselves in this idea that Christianity is simply about coming to a place a couple times a week and then we go out and we live the way we want to live. We come back in a couple days days a week and we sing songs and things like that and we've lost the importance of service. Christianity at its core is about people serving the Lord and serving one another. Important in the process is serving God the way he wants us to serve him. It's important for us to sing to God in a way that pleases Him. It's important for us to use the Lord's funds in a way that pleases Him. But we have focused on those things to a great degree, and we've lost that a larger thing that we're doing is serving. That's not to say those other things aren't important. They are. But service is where it's at. God has created us to be people who serve Him. And so... I hope over the next few days, just to stimulate your thinking a little bit, get you thinking a little bit more about what it means to serve God, what does it mean to serve other people, how do we serve other people, how do we serve people who are lost, how do I serve my fellow Christians in this congregation, how do I serve people out in the community, and what can I do, and what are my limitations, and how do I identify those limitations and move past those limitations as I grow as a Christian. I'll submit to you that the only way you will ever find Deep meaning and satisfaction in this life is when you serve. That's been my experience. I see the people that I believe to be the strongest Christians and the most content in their relationship with God and across the board, without exception, their servants. I see Christians who look miserable when they come together with one another. They look like they would rather be a thousand miles away. Week after week they come. They may come one time a week. They may come three times a week. When they come, they don't look like they're terribly interested. They're there. And what I see in those people, almost without exception, is they're not servants. The difference between your love for the Lord and your joy in being a Christian and not loving God and not having joy is service. So I want to challenge you this week. 
For the next several days, I want to challenge you to think more about service and the service that you are giving and how you can be more of a servant in your relationship with the Lord. Now, let me say this too before we get into the lesson. I know you guys are going through the process of selecting elders, all right? And that's something everybody's thinking about right now. And that's really good. You need to be thinking about that. This is a big deal for this congregation. But if you're not careful, you think about that to the extent that you sort of don't pay attention to these lessons. And I'm not saying this because I'm up here preaching, but I'm saying this because these lessons are really important. Not so much my sermons, but the topic. So maybe for just a few days, you sort of don't focus so much on everything going on in this whole process, and you just sort of slow down and back away from that, and you think about service, right? Because ultimately those two ideas, elders and service, they're really closely married to each other. So those are the things I wanted to say as we get into the lesson this morning. Popeye's chicken. Who's heard of that? Raise your hand. Popeye's chicken. Okay, most people have. Um, in 2007, they appointed a new CEO. Her name was Cheryl Bockelder. Their market share had been going down. Their profits had been going down. Right? They were dying as a company. But she came in with a very different mindset. And within seven years of her taking the lead in the company, sales were up 25%, profits were up 40%. Their market share had gone from 14% to 21%. Now, what happened? What happened was she stepped in as a servant leader. She said, we need to serve the people who are invested the most in Popeye's. And so she started working with the individual restaurant owners and listening to the response of the customers and the needs of the owners. And as she improved the franchise experience through the practice of servant leadership, the customer experience became richer and people began to like the restaurant more. Her favorite quote was this, you must know people if you are to grow people. That's a very different idea than many corporations in the country. Many corporations have the idea that the guy who's in the, or the girl, uh, the woman who's in the, the main seat, they're the big dog, and everything revolves around them. More and more companies are beginning to understand that the way they grow and they manage successfully is by serving the people who are under them by being mindful of what they say, mindful of what their needs are, and responding to that. That doesn't take away their leadership. But it does mean that they are servant leaders. And I don't know how many of you may be business owners, but more than likely, you may have realized over the years that the best way that you can get people to bring their A-game to your company or your work is if you are responsive to them. Now, I say that because this morning... We're going to talk about something with God that we maybe don't talk about quite as much. And that is God is our servant. God is our servant. And you don't think about that. I mean, we're very comfortable with the idea we are here to serve God, right? So we give our service to God. We do things for God. It may seem a little awkward to us to realize that God in Scripture is a God who serves us. That he's looking at you and he looks at me. And he seeks ways to serve us. How does the Bible teach that? There's a word that the Bible uses that we probably don't use as much in thinking about this, but I think it really captures the idea, and that is God is a God who blesses. God blesses. We are used to the idea of blessing God in Psalm 28, verse 6. The psalmist said, Blessed be the Lord 
because he has heard the voice of my supplication. So what I'm saying there is I want to bless the Lord. I want to lift the Lord up. Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we're very comfortable with that. Our role is to bless God. The word bless means to kneel before. So that makes sense, right? Okay. I'm serving God. I'm kneeling before him. I'm bringing myself to him and presenting myself. I'm blessing him. That's what the word means. But what's interesting is the same word is used, Hebrew word, is used in the Old Testament of God's response to us. Psalm 3, verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing, God's blessing, is upon us. You think about the, the wording there, and you think about the word itself. The word bless means to kneel. You know what that's saying? God kneels before us. Now, you may not be comfortable with that idea, but that's what the idea is. In Scripture, that God is coming to us and He is seeking to help us. First Chronicles chapter four verse ten, prayer of Jabez. Jabez called upon the Lord of Israel, saying, "Oh, that you would bless me, you would kneel before me and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain." So God granted him what he requested. Okay? There's the idea, right? He comes before God and says, God, I need you. I need you to serve me. I need you to bless me. And God granted it. God served him. God blessed him within his life. And he longs to bless us. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. To Abraham, this great patriarch, God blesses him with three promises. But notice what God said. I will. I'm going to do this for you. You need this, and I'm going to perform this for you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. God has stepped into your life if, he, if you are his child. He has stepped into your life, and God longs to bless you. He is a God who serves. Not only does God call upon us to serve, God serves us. And the history of the Bible is, from one end to the other, God serving his creation. First example, Genesis chapter 3. What, is it? what happens with Adam and Eve? They blow it, right? They sin in the garden. They fail to listen to God. They fail to serve him. But God doesn't write them off. Because in verse 15, he says to the serpent, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. Right? And he's going to crush your head one day. Man had a need, and God said, I'm going to serve that need. I'm going to take care of this problem that man has. To Abraham again, God served him by giving him these three promises, and through Abraham, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. To the Israelites, when they are in captivity, we are told in Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, so God heard their groanings. And God remembered them. In chapter 3, verse 7, God saw what they were going through. And God, as any person who has compassion on someone else, stepped into their lives. This God, this all-powerful God who created everything, who could wipe us all out and make copies of us if he wanted to. He steps into our lives. And he helps when he sees those who are in need. To the Israelites entering the land of Canaan, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. 
God said this, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Where did they get those cities from? The God who served them. Who stepped into their life to bless them. To David. Great text. 2 Samuel chapter 7. Remember the story? David wanted to build a house for God. Talked to Nathan the prophet. Hey, I've got an idea. I want to build a house to God. Nathan goes, you run with that. That's a great idea. Then God through Nathan said, that's not what I want him to do. I didn't tell you to do that. But in the latter part of the chapter, God says, let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to build you a house. And its end will never come. So it was immediately fulfilled in Solomon, but it was ultimately fulfilled in Christ. Did you see the point? God stepped in and said, what can I do for you? God, to his creation. Because God wants to serve those who are his. And Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon, the young man, suddenly is the king of Israel. And he goes to God and he goes, I don't know how to do this. I need help. And God said, well, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to bless you. And he, he blessed him. Because God sought to serve him and step into his life. And that's what he does for us throughout Scripture. God is a God who is intimately aware of what you and I go through in our lives. And Scripture gives us some wonderful promises of of how God wants to step into your life and help you. One of those, God wants to give you strength. You ever felt weak? You ever felt like you couldn't go on? You ever felt like life is just beating you down and pressing you into the ground? You ever felt like you couldn't take another step? Well, God's aware of that. So Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I'll tell you, we oftentimes look at this from the standpoint you've got to be faithful to God because... If we don't have him, we don't have anything, and that's true. But there's a positive way in which this is being stated. The positive way is, as as you are going through your life, you can have strength, and you can be productive because of Jesus. Not because of how smart you are, how accomplished you are, how um, theologically sound you are, but because of Jesus. Your strength to deal with any situation and be productive comes from the God who looks upon you and he wants to serve you. So you and I are dealing with situations and God's going, I've got what you need right here. Whatever strength you need in any situation, I've got it for you. He longs to give us strength within our life. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, New Testament passage. Paul, because he appreciated the strength that God gave, said this. For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Do you believe in that? I tell you, we are so funny about the Holy Spirit. 
It's like whenever the Holy Spirit's mentioned, we freak out. And we suddenly, anything that Scripture says the Holy Spirit does, we're going like, oh, well, that doesn't happen today. And I think that's the reason why a lot of Christians are anemic. And we feel so powerless. I don't fully understand everything about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives today, whether it's just through the Word or whether He's in His person. I don't know. And if you come to me, I'll just tell you, I don't fully understand it. But I will tell you this. I don't think this promise of strength given to His people was limited to the first century. I need that strength every day. You need that strength just to deal with life sometimes. And Paul's promise here is that God will strengthen us with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The only way you're going to grow spiritually... It's if you look to God for strength every day. And you're dealing with this difficult situation. You've got to face head on. You say, God, the only way I can get through this is if you're by my side. In fact, the only way I'll get through this is if you lead me. You don't say that prayer. You're on your own, buddy. That's a dark place to be. And you don't have to be there. God's with you. But what do we read in Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'll tell you, I don't want to go through the valley of the shadow of death. My mom passed away in November. It's a tough valley to go through. Many of you have gone through that. With a loved one, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your children, maybe your parents. It's a dark place to go. The only thing that's going to get you through it is when you know God's with you every day. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Any situation in life, you lose your job, your marriage falls apart, you need God's strength. And God's got it. You ever been to a restaurant and um, you've got a, a waiter that's Johnny on the spot? I mean, he's... He's watching your table. He's watching if your water's getting low, your tea, your Coke, whatever. He's watching that the whole time. And so you're thinking, oh, I'm going to eat some... And he's right there. Would you like some more water? Well, yes, I would. Is there anything we can do for you? That's what God does for us. God gives you strength. And I'll tell you, I've ignored that strength a lot in my life. Because I haven't... I haven't grasped what God wants to give me. Paul's admonition is pretty clear. God is a God who provides strength for His. He is also a God who provides comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4 through four. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Building upon that last point, do you ever need to be comforted? Are you ever just broken by the circumstances of life? God's got comfort for you. And God wants to serve you and provide for you. As you and I go through these difficult and dark times of the soul, well, here's an important one. God gives us our daily bread. And you ate breakfast this morning. It's okay to raise your hand. I'm asking the question. 
Um, if you didn't eat breakfast, you probably didn't eat because you chose not to, but you had food. Uh, anybody planning on eating lunch today? Okay. Where's that coming from? It comes from God, right? Jesus, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. I don't think about my daily bread as much as I should. You know why? Because I've got a closet in my kitchen that has a month's worth of food in it. That may not be the food I want to eat. I mean, a lot of it's crackers, maybe. I don't want to just eat crackers for the last week. But if I could, if I had to, I would. I mean, that's what I've got. And so I don't think about daily bread that much because I just open this pantry and I've got, I've got, you know, peanut butter and I've got cereal and all that stuff. You travel to some parts of the world, it's daily for them. They're buying bread every day. Their bread is not chock full of preservatives. I mean, you take a loaf of bread, I can leave it out two weeks and still eat it and it's still fresh. I'm not sure how good that is for me. But you go overseas to some countries, you buy a loaf of bread, the next day it is moldy. Every day they have to think about that. Every day they're thinking, what are we going to have for lunch today? And they've got to go kill something or they've got to go pull something out of the garden. We don't think about daily bread. But if you ate today, it's because God has blessed you. And God has provided that meal for you in your life. God also answers our prayers. Now, I'll admit this one's a little challenging because I don't always see the answers. I have to accept this one out of faith. In James chapter 5, verse 16, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I have to accept that one on faith. Because there are a lot of times I pray for things and I don't see the results of it. You ever prayed for a loved one that didn't get better? Maybe died? Ever prayed for a job interview and you're just thinking, hey, you know, if I got this job, um, I'd be able to give more back to the Lord and I'd be able to help out more people. There's every reason why God ought to answer my prayer and yet He doesn't answer your prayer the way you would like for it to be answered. James 5 tells us, our prayers are effective. Sometimes God says no to our prayers. Sometimes God says, let's wait a little while. But God listens to your prayers. I need that. If I'm going through this life, if, if it's all about what I have and what I can bring to the equation, I'm in a pretty rotten place. But I have the assurance and you have the assurance. God serves us, and He listens to us. And we can go to Him at any point with any request, and He will evaluate that. Boy, that helps me a lot. That gives me strength, knowing that God is a God who answers my prayers, and He gives divine assurance. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. All things work together for good. You love God genuinely, Love God. You're trying to serve Him. God's going to take care of you. God's going to bless you. Do you not need that? I need that every day. As I'm swimming up the stream of life, I need to know that God is serving me with divine assurance and God has promised me a home in heaven one day. Jesus, John 14, verses 1 through 3, said to His disciples, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. They say this, I know that you can lose your soul. 
You can choose not to follow God. You can decide today, I'm never going to serve God again, and you will not have the home in heaven. But I'm afraid what that truth has done to many Christians is it has drained them of any kind of hope. And so I run across Christians who are always wondering, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I want to be saved. I hope God saves me, but I'm not sure that I'll have a home in heaven one day. Are you doing any sin within your life? I'm repenting of my sin. I'm trying to to worship him and trying to teach other, but I'm just not sure. Um, Boy, that's a pretty hopeless way to live. If you can't say right now, if I died by God's grace, I believe I'm going to heaven, uh, I'm not sure how you get through every day. And I think the message of Scripture is, if you're trying to serve him, you're trying to obey him, you can have assurance. God wants you. Read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. I mean, Peter just locks the case up. You and I can live in a way that we know that we're saved. Why? Because God wants to give that to you. I know, again, I don't want to, well, Mark said we can't fall from grace. We can fall from grace. But we are too fixed on that sometime, and we've lost the promise. And the promise is, God wants you in heaven one day. And if you want to serve Him, you're trying to serve Him, you're trying to mold your life around Him, you can know you're going to be saved one day. God gives us that assurance within our lives. And James tells us everything else. I mean, I've listed, what, three, four, five, six, seven things there. Just everything else. James 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Okay. God's taking care of you. God's serving you and wanting to provide for you. And it's all exemplified in Jesus. So Jesus came and he was the one who created everything. God the Son So in in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, two of his disciples wanted a place at the left hand and the right hand of him in the kingdom. Positions of honor. They, They wanted to be top dogs in the kingdom. And Jesus said, can you go through the suffering that I'm going to go through? They said, yes, we can. We can do this. And he goes, well, really you can't. It's not my place to give that position to you. But Jesus said, this is what you need to learn. And this message is still so relevant today. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's God. God is not standing over you or standing over me, demanding that we kiss his ring demanding that we fall before Him and adore Him without wanting to bless us. God wants to show you love and He wants to provide for you. He wants to serve you and thereby encourage us to serve Him, which we'll start talking about. So that's the way it works. God is a God who steps into our life and Jesus Christ showed it. So Jesus... Throughout his ministry, he dealt with all these people that everyone else was forgetting about. Lepers. No one wanted anything to do with lepers. Lepers were people who were kept at arm's length. They were kept outside of the city. Jesus saw them. What does he do? I'll touch you. And he heals them. John chapter 8. The woman who is caught in adultery. In adultery. Old law said, stoner. She is brought by a bunch of men and what they wanted to do 
was trap Jesus, but they were using a woman as a pawn. And they weren't concerned about her soul. Jesus was. So Jesus said, here's an idea. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That shut him down. And this woman is there, and he said, where are your accusers? She said, they've left. He said, well, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. But he served. And on the cross, Jesus served you, and he served me. And that is the, that is the greatest example of service right there on the cross. If you ever wonder whether or not God really wants to help you, if God's ever aware of you, just read the end of all the Gospels and you will see how far God was willing to go to serve you and to help you in your life. And when you can grasp that reality, then out of faith we begin to say, I may not see the comfort, I may not see the strength, but I know God has it there for me. God longs to serve us in those difficult times. One commentator said this, Christianity is distinctive in that it emphasizes what God has done and continues to do for the worshipers. Beloved, that's you and that's me. God longs to serve us within our lives. So the big question then is, why does he serve us? I mean, he doesn't gain anything from us. There's nothing I bring to God that God does not have on his own. Acts 17, verse 25 We read, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. So, you know, today, many of you are going to give something when the contribution plate comes by. You're going to give $20, $50, $100. God doesn't need that money. It's not like God's going, oh, wow, $100, that's good. I was needing that $100. God doesn't need anything from us. So, why why does he serve us? We don't bring anything to him. The psalmist said in Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine. So why, why does God serve us? He doesn't need anything from us. There's nothing that I bring after this world has been here all this time that God's never received any, anywhere else before. Nothing you bring. So why? Why does God serve us so? And I think the answer could be in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Now contextually, God is speaking to the Israelites. But I think there's some application we could make. Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all people. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out, of the, out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. And you understand what he's saying there? God's not serving you guys because you're better than everybody else. Because um, he owes you something. There are, there are three reasons why God is serving. He's serving them because he had mercy on them. And because he loved them. And he served them because he had made a promise. And I would submit to you that those three reasons are the same reasons he serves us today. He's not serving us because of who we are. He's not looking at us going like, oh, I am so glad that person's in my kingdom. I'm so glad they're bringing their services to me because I can really work now with this. 
He looks upon us and He loves us. And He made a promise through Abraham, but even through His Son, that He was going to bless those who come after Him. That's the reason why He serves. And that's what I need. And I hope you need that too. I hope you recognize that the only reason God is serving you is because of the mercy and the compassion that He has. Now let me close with just a few applications. Application number one. If God is a servant to us, then we need to serve as well. Sometimes we don't serve our brothers and sisters in Christ very much because, well, we're a little better than they are. Maybe they're poorer or maybe they're not as educated and we don't really want to condescend down to their level. If God can condescend down to our level, we need to be willing to step into the life of anybody. We need to be willing to serve anyone. John chapter 13, verse 14. Jesus in John 13, when he washed the feet of his disciples, he said, If I then, your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So if God can step into our lives and serve us, why can't we serve one another? What keeps you from thinking about how you need to be busy in the Lord's kingdom, serving Him and serving your brothers and sisters in Christ? A lot of people think they're too good to serve. I don't really clean the building. That's not really my thing because toilets are involved and I don't do toilets or I don't go and cut someone's yards because I don't really do that sort of thing. Sometimes we have this attitude, I'm just a little too good for this. Pharaoh had that same attitude, who's the Lord? That I should obey his voice. Why should I serve God and why should I serve these people? Some people think they're too busy. And look, I'll say this, this will be dealt with on Wednesday night. All of us are in different seasons of our life, right? And there are some seasons of life that are busier than others, okay? Um, being married, having watched my wife, when you're a young mother and you're struggling to handle a lot of kids, that's a season in your life where you may not be able to do as much as other times, and that's okay. Um, we throw a lot on those young women. They're the main ones who teach Bible classes, <laughs> the kids, when they're struggling to get everything else going at home. But, you know, there are seasons in your life you're not as busy. You know, if you're not married or you're married, you don't have kids, maybe you have a little more time. If you're retired, you've got a lot of things going on, but maybe you have a little more time. Okay? So everyone's not going to do the same thing every moment of every day. There are different seasons within our lives. But some people aren't busy at all, and they need to be busy. Okay? And I don't know any of you. I'm not trying to step into your life because I don't know how busy you are. I'm just throwing out a principle here. So don't think, oh, he's trying to come after me right now because I don't know you. Okay? Maybe you're really busy. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a Sunday morning only person. You're just stepping in here for a few hours to tip your hat to God, sing a few songs, you leave and say, I'm done. Well, you will be done. Okay? In the big picture, if you're not careful. Because you're missing what Christianity is about. It's about submitting yourself before God and being useful to Him because God has stepped into our lives and He has sought to serve us. Application number two. God serves because he loves. And if we are to serve, we have to love as well. We have so messed up what love is. 
We are so focused on this idea that love is how I feel. So I look at my brothers and sisters in Christ and go, you know, I don't feel that loving toward them, so we don't serve them. Or, I don't feel that loving towards God. We'll deal with that in the next lesson, and we don't serve Him. Love is not always something that you feel. It's not an emotional response. Love's a choice that you make. I'm going to do this because this is right. I'm going to serve God because He has served me so well. How's he served me? I'm not his child yet. You're alive, right? You're eating, right? You have stuff, right? So even if you haven't formally turned yourself over to him yet, you are still being blessed because of your living relationships with other people. So he's blessed you. He wants to bless you so much more. He wants to step into your life and he wants to do so many more things for you. Will you let him? So I've got to love him, and then I've got to start loving my brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is the last one. We'll close the lesson. We must appreciate God's service to us. Um, it is so easy to take it for granted. We've got a car. We drive here. We have clothes. We put those clothes on. We eat. Talked about this a moment ago. We need to slow down and think about what God has done for us. Open your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul here. Beginning in verse 12. Now let me set the the context here of who is stating this. This is a guy who had been beaten because of his faith. He said in 2 Corinthians he'd been shipwrecked, he'd been stoned. Acts chapter 14 He was beaten in the city. He leaves. He comes back. And and the people are amazed that he was coming back. They're going like, get out of town. He goes, look, we've we've got to go through many challenges to enter the kingdom. He didn't have an easy life. Verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the God of our Lord over, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me, as the foremost, Christ, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, mortal and visible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Now, when you've really come to terms with who you are and how much of a sinner you were and you, you come to God, you will deeply appreciate what he's done for you. And I'll tell you this. If you in your life, you're not serving God, you haven't come to terms with how much of a sinner you were. You've got to get there at some point if you're going to make it to heaven. Once you do, you will be amazed at how God has served you. You'll be overwhelmed with it. And every day you'll face one blessing after another, and you'll be amazed more and more with what God has done for you. Someone else said this, The form of God was not exchanged for the form of His servant. It was revealed in the form of a servant. God doesn't simply require us to serve Him. He leads the way in service. You will never outserve God. Isn't that cool? You'll never. You can give your life. 
here on this earth, you will never outdo God. That's how much he wants to serve you. He models it and he lifts up the role. So this is where we start with one another. We start by understanding God is not asking anything of us he hasn't done already. That's where it begins. He says, I want you to serve. We'll see that more and more over the next several days. But I've served you first. And I've served you in a greater way. So follow along. And that's what I hope we'll do over the next several days. We'll think more about what he's done for us and what we can do in his kingdom. And we'll give ourselves over in service to him. I look forward to the next several lessons. Any questions that you've got? You want to talk to me about anything more? You want to challenge me on something? I'll be happy to talk to you. My role here over the next several days is just to present ideas that will stir you up. And I hope to do that. Thank you very much for your attention. I think that will be the class period for right now.